Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday, Father. Victory Monday. Victory Monday. All across the board. UM won. Mm -hmm. The Dolphins won. Notre Dame lost. Florida lost. The other Florida team lost. Mm -hmm. To our loyal Gator listeners, I'm sorry. (laughs) And this is where they turn out. But you know where we stand, so it doesn't come as a surprise. What a weekend. Yeah, We'll we'll talk about that in half an hour, though. It was a great weekend. It was a beautiful weekend. It was. And that 10.30, I wasn't there. I had some work going on at the house. But, uh, did you have security cameras that you could sneak in what's going on? I did. I have access to the computer. So I, <laughs> I secretly recorded your homily so I could listen in. And You see, doing my homework on a Sunday. Mm, there you go. But, but you had the firefighters present, the police present, mm-hmm. the, the chiefs present. And you, you sent me the picture of the table in the, in the sanctuary. So can you can you tell us a little bit about that for those who weren't there? Right. So and and we didn't make a big deal out of it. This just came together late last week, and I didn't know how big or how small it was going to be. I invited, you know, the chief the chief of fire is was one of my old parishioners in, in a previous parish, uh, the chief of the fire department, Marco de la Rosa, and uh, we talked last week about doing something every year. He does something on September 11th. Well, usually it's on a weekday, and either I or one of my associates usually goes to one of the fire stations to. Uh, Offer prayer. One of their remembrance services usually happens or, um, early in the morning, around the time where the first plane hit the first tower. And um, you know, I said, "It's in the falls on a Sunday. Why don't you? Why don't you come?" And now we did. I remember it, we did something when uh, when I was in Hialeah six years ago when nine eleven fell on a Sunday. You know, they came, they brought the truck, they put the ladder up, they hoisted a huge flag over in front of the church. Um, it lended itself for that because there's a, there is no parking directly in front of mm. that church. So here there is, and I had to put cones in front of the... Uh, thankfully, the people respected. I was surprised because we were nice. very small cones. But uh, So we had a fire truck in front, front. We probably had about 10 to 15 firefighters and maybe five police officers came, and then Chief, Chef, uh, Chief Ed Hudak, who was a good Catholic, a parishioner of Epiphany, and uh, the Chief of uh, Police for Carl Gables also came. Both of them uh, came with their lovely wives, and they brought up the gifts. And then it was their idea, you know, to come up and, you know, I told them, come up in the procession with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, God bless our people, 1030 Mass. Remember, we always joke that, you know, 1030 Mass and 9 o'clock Mass, you call them the 915 and 1045 because yep. <laughs> people always straggling in. And so it wasn't, you know, heavily populated when, we were, when I was walking in. I was like, man. But, no, it was by the time we, we, we left. But... They came in, and it was their idea to put it, you know, place them on the sanctuary, place them on the altar, or near the altar. And so I put a table there. I put the American flag, lit a candle. And basically, it's uh, the, the chief of police and the chief of fire, uh, the fire chief, removed their, their, their hats, and they placed them on that table where I had put some flowers also, mm-hmm. basically in honor of those who had fallen. Because you think about that day, and and I referenced this yesterday in my homily. You you think about the heroic acts of that morning. You know, I, I forget where I read this yesterday. You, uh, and this was a quote that was said many years ago. 
that 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 morning brought out the worst and brought out the best in yep. humanity. And you know, and I tried to tie it in, and I, and I, and I will eventually tie it into yesterday's gospel uh, about about the lost sheep. But what what was so striking for for everybody who was there was that you know, because the the symbolism of just removing your hat and and saying you know we leave it here. And and also not only for the fallen, but also entrusting their 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 respective departments to the Lord. Here we have the, the two leaders that protect us in in our in our city, who are thankfully you know are Catholic and and were able to join us for mass. And saying you know we need to pray, we need to pray for our department not only on this day but every day. And I know that both of them are are Sunday mass goers, and and one's active in, in his parish, the one's active in the, in his parish, and 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 it's beautiful that the that these good strong men of faith mm-hmm. are are saying this is important that we do this mass especially on such a solemn occasion and then obviously the fire the fire truck was outside and the police cruiser was next to it you know when when mass ended you know the kids were able to climb up that's why you know sure about them james you would have loved climbing up that fire truck and probably would have driven around the block yep he would have uh he would have taken it for a joy ride and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'd have all 12 firefighters running after him Absolutely. wait 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 yep <laughs> Absolutely. But, but you know, to get to the readings, Father, Ed, again, just a providential selection of readings that happened to fall on on nine eleven. But we get this this parable of the lost sheep, you know, and and the shepherd who leaves the ninety nine behind you know, to and to, to go after that one. And we've spoken on this podcast before that the image you have of that lost sheep in your in your office, you know, dangling off a cliff, and and the the shepherd is is literally putting his life on the line to bring up this one lost sheep, leaving the 99 behind. And I love how you were able to incorporate that with 9-11, you know, as we, as we look back on that day, but not just look back on that day, but continue to look at what our first responders do every single day, where they leave the safety of their homes. They leave the safety of, you know, the safe distance from, from the burning building. You know, they leave everything behind and go running headfirst, you know, into danger, literally putting their life on the line, sometimes not even knowing what's inside. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there's no, they don't know if there's a person inside, if there's a dog inside, if there's a cat inside, whatever it may be, you know, half, most of the time they're just running in because there's an emergency. We need to get in there and, and put out this fire and see what we find, you know. Yeah, so, so you, it was it was a beautiful connection between those two. You articulated better than I did during my homily yesterday. <laughs> okay, that it was, was it was a little it was a little all, no no it was, it was, it was all over the map yesterday. No, it was a was, lot to I juggle. Was, it was a, just a lot to juggle, and I was just it was an emotional morning. You know, uh, you know, obviously having a brother who was a firefighter, having yep. having people who who get so emotional on that day, and having having the firefighter. Not that I was intimidated by the firefighters and the chief of police. I preached in front of when they're when they're a, sitting right there looking at you. <laughs> Armed, by the way. Uh, so, but no, it was it was um, that image is so beautiful because, and and the, and the analogy I made for nine eleven is, okay, here's here's this shepherd who does something so crazy to leave ninety nine behind. It defies all logic because you you say, okay, cut your losses, and the sheep is gone, but I'm not going to endanger the other 99 to go in search of the sheep because it's, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It's just a sheep. But this is where the madness of our God comes in, in that he says, that sheep is so important to me 
That one sheep, that one soul is so important to me that I will risk the 99 to go find that sheep and bring them back to make the 100 whole. And that's the key. The key is that God loves each and every one of us so much that he does not give up on us. He will continue to look for us. He will continue to put, you know, to use the image of the Good Shepherd in terms of Christ, that he will put his own life in danger because the image that George uh, just described from my office, you see the shepherd, Jesus, literally in peril trying to retrieve the sheep that is off the cliff and putting his own life in danger. That's what he does, and that's what he did on the cross. Because he values each and every one of our souls. So when we say, well, well, God doesn't love me, God doesn't value me, or God does abandon me, he does not. We're the ones that abandon him or forget that he never abandons us. Now, the connection with 9-11 is this. You think of all the brave men and women of the New York Fire Department, mm-hmm. the New York Police Department, the Port Authority, who ran into those buildings. And I use the story that my brother, who was still, I mean, I'm in my last year of seminary, he was finishing up. He was two weeks away from graduation from the fire academy. He's a cadet. And even he knew. They, and he was, you know, when I called him, because remember that morning, everybody was calling each other, making cell lines were down because everybody was jammed. Mm -hmm. We were calling, you know, we had to call each other on landlines. And he was yelling at me over the phone. They can't run in there. That is going to the, the towers going to fall. The towers are going to fall. They can't run in there. They need to get out. But no, those firefighters. You know, you think about how many lives they said. Two thousand nine hundred and seventy-seven lives were lost that day in New York, Shanksville, and the Pentagon. And you would think, I remember so vividly that morning. We were in the seminary. We had class at 9 a.m. with Bishop Lassard, and it was after the class, the class ended at 9.50, that somebody comes to my room and knocks on the door, actually the current vice rector of the seminary, mm. knocked on my door and said, Manny, turn on the TV. And I turn on the TV, and I'm like, wow. I thought, literally, I thought there's, there's smoke coming out. I thought there was some fire. Yep. And everybody thought, oh, it's just you know, a twin-engine plane. But when the second plane hit, that's when, yeah, that's when we it got real. Yeah, but, that, but the thing is, I see both of them. I go, why are both... Mm-hmm. It looked like two big chimneys. And then, obviously, we're all, I don't know why my room became a, a place of destination in the seminary. There were like five, ten guys in my room watching this. And my brother was telling me over the phone, they can't go in there. And it was so surreal because, and I, the reason I, I, that, that I said that they can't go in there because at certain points during that broadcast, somebody had said at any point during the day, there could be 10,000 people in each tower. Yep. If it would have happened later in the day, it may have been worse. But now I'm thinking, my goodness, they were trying to get people out. So Lord knows how many people's lives they saved yep. by saying, get out, you know, ushering them like the Good Shepherd does, leading us to safe pastures, green pastures. That's what these men and women did yep. of the New York Fire Department, Fire Department, and the Port Authority. You know, that's what they did. They, you know, they put their lives on the line, just like Christ does, to go out and search. Even if there was only one person in that in that tower, their job is to go in there and get them. It defies all logic, but it's the same thing that's happening in this in this gospel. In that, they that's exactly what they did and what they continue to do. Because we hear of so many uh, firefighters 
or police officers, you know, we hear more thank, you know, unfortunately about more about police officers, but that you know who are gunned down on the line of duty, mm-hmm. or firefighters who die fighting a, a, a towering inferno or or a brush fire, because they're trying to protect lives, and that's what's that's goes right to the heart of this gospel. Yep, and it's and it is madness. Um, but you know, I, I said last week, I've been doing this consecration to Divine Mercy, inspired by. Saint Therese, and this week we the readings were focused on the little way, you know, and as you were speaking now, it, it it recalled one of the readings on this sense that Therese has. You know, we, when we think of the little way, and we spoke when we had Sister Rosalie last year uh, on the podcast. You know, we focus so much on on doing these little things in you know out of great love for the Lord. But if you go a little bit deeper into her spirituality of the little way. It's really a recognition of of oneself as little, and and it's in that recognition that we are nothing, but the Lord loves us immensely. You know, she says water goes to the lowest point. You know, so she intentionally made herself little. You know, thought of herself as absolutely nothing. You know, to be at that lowest point because that's where the water rushes down to. That's where the the Lord's mercy and, and His grace rushes down to the lowest point. You know. So when when I'm reading that, and you know, I've just I, I had gone to mass, and then I, I pulled up the video of the of the 10:30 mass, and, and heard your homily with my wife. You know, so I, I went to mass, I heard your homily, then I'm reading this reflection, and I'm going, wow, the the madness of the Lord to go after, you know, the 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 littlest of all of us, you know, the the nothingness of us. You know, and the more we think of ourselves as nothing, the more we think of ourselves as, you know, sinners unworthy of grace, unworthy of, you know, of His love, the more He wants to give us. You know, and that's that lost sheep. You know, so how how many of those ninety nine would never even venture into into danger? You know, they just say, you know, I'm good here with my shepherd, and and I have no need to, you know, to look beyond. You know, even if they're th- if they're looking for something better. You know, but that one lost sheep, you know, that goes and gets lost. You know, the the Lord in, in his in his mercy and his love doesn't say, Oh, you know, that's that's the troublemaker, you know, that suits him that serves him well for, for going off, you know, and, and getting into trouble, but says, No, that's that's still one of mine and I'm gonna go do something crazy. You know, and I'm gonna go to that lowest point and bring him back. Mm-hmm. You know, how how the the crazy of uh, the craziness of that is so reassuring for us, you know. And the the challenge really becomes, and especially now as we approach October first and, and the feast of Saint Therese, and start to reflect on you know her spirituality and her writings, and and you know resurface this, uh, you know, trying to understand her little way and and put that into practice for ourselves. You know, is thinking of ourselves you know, not as the ninety nine in comfort, you know, because I come to mass every Sunday because I do what I'm supposed to do. But but really thinking of ourselves as that nothing sheep, you know that little lost sheep that, for whatever reason, you know, has strayed from the path, and the Lord still comes out and looks for us, and will go to that lowest point and will go to that most dangerous point and will put His life on, literally gives His life for that sheep for each of us, you know. So to, to the challenge becomes to think of ourselves as nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to have that sense that 
overwhelming humility and, and the beauty of Saint Therese and I'll I'll get to that afterwards uh is the the beauty of Saint Therese is in her nothingness in her in her view of herself as so little you know, she said I'm a little bird and I, I want to be an eagle but I'm a little bird and I can't even fly you know, in thinking of herself as that little bird as that nothingness she became this great eagle you know one of the greatest saints of our time a doctor of the church you know so so in that real in that authentic humility the lord magnifies us and magnifies us for himself you know, and that's that's the beauty of this image of this one lost sheep and the craziness of the of the good shepherd the craziness you know as we think of these firefighters and these uh these police officers, the craziness that they go out to save us. And it's important for us to recognize that we may be, we may think we're the, one of those 99 that are safe and secure, close to the good shepherd, but sometimes authentic holiness is recognizing that we are lost and need to be mm-hmm. found by the Lord. That we have forgotten his voice, that we have wandered mm-hmm. far from him and need to be found by this God who is so crazy that goes after us. You know, I use that term, that, cra- that term crazy, and I looked at the firefighters and, and, and the fire chief Just and I... Nodding along. No, no, the fire <laughs> chief, that was the th- they were, because the fire chief and I joked about it after Mass, that there is a level of craziness involved. I described, you know, my, the, the demonstration my brother did on, upon his graduation where he literally scaled a tower... They're in the fire academy in Coconut Grove behind Carver Middle School, uh, where, you know, he's on he's five six stories up, and we see him on the top of this of this of this you know this mock tower that they have there, literally scaling a wall, and he go, scales the wall head first, thinking Spider Man, and 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 I joked that my mother was 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 standing <laughs> next to me, and the nails kind of like imprinted into into my skin because she was like. Scared for my brother. What is he doing? He's scared. But that's you. You need a certain. You need to have a, a loose a screw loose there. Screw, yep. <laughs> there, and they recognize that. But in recognizing that, I always tell them, and this is where some of the work that my parents do, uh, and that I help out with. You know, we have a ministry to firefighters in the archdiocese that we kind of form to help out firefighters, not only in in helping them cope with what they deal with and what they see, because they see. Not not to say that they see the worst of humanity, because in, in terms of accidents, that's not terrorism. That's not what 9-11 was. It wasn't an accident. But, for example, when you go to a mangled car and, and, mm-hmm. and a person who's been disfigured, they see this. Yep. They take that with them. They, it comes up in their dreams. They they can't get that image out of their head. Uh, for my brother, I'll never forget, one of the few times that he ever mentioned anything of his work to me was in his rookie year when you know he pulled a kid out of a car, a child, and the child died in his arms. And that affected him profoundly. Absolutely. So you think about the, what firefighters and police officers do, especially when somebody's shooting at them, mm-hmm. and that, that there is a certain level of, you know, that you have to be a little crazy to do these things, but they do it, and, I, and that's what I wanted to emphasize to them, that they do it out of love for us. Yes, they enjoy it. Yes, they, they, you know, there's a certain level of camaraderie and 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 you know and, and they're and they're adrenaline junkies and they, and they and they feed off of that adrenaline of you know putting themselves in danger and a lot of people do that especially those who do 
extreme sports or jump yep. out of planes or mm-hmm. or do some of the crazy things that, that Jorge does. I mean, you have to be a little crazy to run marathons, and Jorge does it, you know, and he's there, he's here nodding. You're like, yeah, that's me, you know, but you feed off of that adrenaline. So they use that, and, and here's the thing, that God uses that mm-hmm. to say, this is what you're called to. Now, I want to mention something about the lost souls or the lost sheep from the point of view of a priest and of a, as a pastor of souls. And Jorge will, will probably chime in here. That when I see someone who doesn't come to Mass or who has left the church, and this is where you could chime in, it drives me mad. That I obsess about it. That one person mm-hmm. who should be here, that for whatever reason, miscommunication, you know, I said something, rubbed them the wrong way, or somebody else did somebody rub the wrong way, saying, yeah, I'm not going to Little Flower anymore. And I obsess, yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. But that, but that's that's the heart of a priest. And that's that's the Lord literally at work in you. Because that's what he does, you know. And, and I mean, when when you've got a parish this size, the the temptation almost becomes, yeah, I got I got three thousand others, so one walks away, no big deal. But thirty three hundred families, to be exact, you know. But but the heart, the heart of the priest, says, you know, yes, thirty three hundred is great, but but one walked away. I ha- I had. I mean, I've been a preacher 20 years, so Lord knows how many times I preach on this on this parable. But I remember one time there was a gentleman that from, from I think it was my first parish, that he came up to me, I don't know if it was after Mass or if it was on a social occasion, and I was talking about this, and he said, Father, what about the rest of us? I go, yeah, but I, know, but I, but I know where the rest of you are. You're right in front of me. So I, And I take great comfort in that. But it's that one person or that one or several people that is no one should leave. You know, I consider it as a failure on my part. Because Jesus says himself, you know, you know, in the, in the priestly prayer in John 17, says, Lord, you have given them to me, and none of them shall be snatched out of my hand. The out, you know, for for priests, the fullness of the priestly life is to make that priestly prayer of Jesus your own. Mm-hmm. You know, and to be able to pray that as Jesus prayed that to the Father. And to put it in, in, in a more simpler context, you know, when I have graduation every year or confirmation every year, realizing that your confirmation students in religious ed, my students that are getting that are graduating from eighth grade, how many of them will I never see again? Even though I have their pictures on my wall. Yep. It's like torturing myself, you know. Even though I still pray for them, but how many of them you know, will I never see? And what makes it even more joyful, that, you know, we keep forgetting that at the end, he does find the sheep. He brings the sheep home, calls his friends together and says, rejoice, let us have a party because I have found my lost sheep. And whenever I see one of these kids come back to church, they come back to school, right? and even when I see them in school, I rejoice. But when I see them come back to church, you know, what... Joy I have in my heart. This morning, funny enough, I was thinking of the week that's coming up that Religious Head starts this week, and I was praying for, you know, 
the kids that are going to confirmation, that was a pretty tough class last year. Absolutely. They had some... It scared one of my catechists away. No. <laughs> <laughs> did it scare her away? No, she needed to take a break. Okay, so. she did. Yeah, God bless her. No, and, and she's the best. But uh, but I remember she called me and said, Father, I it, just the, after the first day of class, this Father, I need you to come talk to these kids during the second week of class. And I did. Because these kids had really tough questions that they're they're getting from school because they go to public school mm. or private schools that are not Catholic. And the and I can't say anti-Catholicism, but anti-religious bent of society where religion has no role, it causes these questions. So we have to make sure that they don't become lost sheep and try to hold them close to the Lord's heart. Yeah, and that's that's where I, I love the second parable that that so often gets overlooked. But yeah, you know, to I the woman the woman who loses the coin, you know, and yeah, she's got nine other coins, but I mean read the parable again. She flips the house upside down. Mm-hmm. You know, she causes a an extraordinary mess just to find this one coin. You know, and, and we think of that and, and that's that's madness. You know, to flip our entire house upside down to you know throw everything off the shelves, you know, lift all the, you, you can visualize it, you know, just, you know, flip tables and flip chairs and look for the, to, for one coin, you know, but then the joy that she has when she finds that one coin, you know, and, and, and has, you know, she, and she's made whole again, you know? So, yes, you know, we, we've got this image of this, of the shepherd who goes out, obviously Jesus Christ, but even for ourselves, you know, to, to again, kind of point this back to, it's great that we know what Jesus does for us, but but how do how do we respond to this in our own lives? You know, it's recognizing in ourselves there's something missing. You know, no, no matter how often we're coming to mass, no matter how often we're going to confession, there's always something missing because this side of the grave, you know, we're always going to be sinners. We're always going to need confession. We're always going to need the Eucharist. You know, there there can never be enough of it. You know, and, and do we get complacent and say, "Yeah, you know, I, I'm doing the min- the bare minimum that I need to do," or do I recognize that, "Yeah, I've got my nine coins, but there's this other coin missing, and I need to radically flip everything upside down to find it, you know, to make myself whole again." Yeah, and that is, it's a it's a challenge, it's a beautiful invitation. Yeah, and I think that's where Therese hit the nail on the head. Because at the end of the day, she said, you know, I'm absolutely nothing. I'm I'm the tiniest, the little. And even her sisters were looking at her like, what are you talking about? You're insane. You know, you're you're one of the greatest people we have in this convent. You know, and we can't live up to, to the standard that you set, you know, to the example that you... And she says, no, I'm nothing. It's, it's the Lord that makes me great, and, but I'm nothing. You know? It's, it was this radical sense of, I'm going to flip everything upside down and leave it all up to the Lord so that I can be whole in Him. In Him. There was something I read last week, I forget, again, keep forget, I read so many yeah. things during the week, <laughs> that said, what made the saints great is that they recognized that they were sinners. Yeah. And remember, saints, you, you can read lives of saints, and saints went to confession weekly and you would think okay what are they what could saint Therese have possibly have yeah. to confess what can but you, you know you could read if you read story of the soul you could see oh yeah saint Therese 
She was a bit of a handful. <laughs> she was a she was a bit of a brat when and Sister Rosalie and I talk about this quite regularly. You know, you were a little brat when she was mm-hmm. a child, and she not that she had I wouldn't say pride, but you know she liked to get her way, but because she knew she she had her father wrapped around her pinky, yep. and she knew it, and you know he would call her my queen, you know, uh, but at the end of the day she realized the name of our church. She's but a little flower. Little being the operative word. Because usually we have to recognize. It doesn't, you know, notice that it's it's a lost sheep, so it's not a lamb. You know, but maybe the the sheep, even though, you know, could be an adult sheep, male or female, doesn't matter. Lambs depend on their mothers. Okay? Pretty much like everybody, every mammal Mm. depends on their mother. But sheep depend on their shepherd to find food, to find security, to find safe haven. And we wander off. So sheep need that voice. And that's something that I harped on a lot yesterday in my homily, was the voice of the shepherd. The sheep recognize, and and Christ says it Mm -hmm. in the Gospel of John, the sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they know me. So we need to uh, find a way to rediscover or re-recognize the voice of the shepherd if we have forgotten. This is what I brought to prayer over the weekend, and I meditate on the most, was that voice. You know, I'm, I'm, I was telling uh, our drama teacher who sings at the 1030 Mass Rosa yesterday, there, there was a quartet in that she did when the kids put on the Little Mermaid a couple years ago, that is so difficult to sing, and the kids did such a brilliant job. And there's, um, you know, it, it's from the Broadway play, even though it's not from from the from the movie, where Prince Eric is just he's obsessed with the voice of the Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him fall in love with her at the, at, at the at the outset was this that beautiful melodious voice. And during that quartet, he sings about, I can't get that voice out of my head. That vo-, And he just kept saying, that voice, yeah. oh, that voice. And I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> but because it's so beautifully done. And I don't know how they could, they're singing over each other. But w- what I was focusing on, is, it, on was this. As a priest, and even, and th- this is your pastor. And I won't find, if the pastor's praying for this, I go, Lord, have I been hearing you correctly? Have I been recognizing your voice? Or have I been paying attention to more vo- other voices? Mm-hmm. Not that Father has voices in his head. Sometimes. Like, you know. <laughs> I'm talking about, am I lured away no. too much by the voices of the world? Am I lured away by other things that may distract me from my primary vocation of being a priest? Am I lured away by the things that really don't enhance my spiritual life or enhance my priestly life do i recognize his voice because here's the thing the great tempter will try to disguise himself as the voice of the shepherd mm, and he's and very good at it and he's very very good at it so we have to say no that's not that's not the lord notice that saint john after the resurrection he, re- he says, it is the Lord, when he recognizes it, it's the risen Jesus. 
we have to be able to hear his voice say, it is the Lord. I have to follow that voice. I use the example of we're conditioned to follow sirens when or, 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 or react to sirens when we hear them on the road from our cops and firefighters. We need to be conditioned the same way when we recognize the voice of the Lord and say, but for that we need to listen. So are we listening? It's an important part of prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, to, to go to that second parable, it's we we should be we should be doing crazy things to find that voice. You know, it, uh, again, it's not just I'll be complacent, do the bare minimum, and you know, kind of hope for the best and and trust a little bit. No, it's trust entirely. You know, and, and as crazy as the as the shepherd goes out to find his sheep, as crazy as the Lord goes out to find the the least of us. You know, just as crazy we should be. You know, flipping tables and and turning our houses upside down, you know, to find that voice, to follow that voice, you know, to ensure that we're that we're on the right path, you know, that we're with the Lord, that we are made whole in Him. You know, it's 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 almost replicating the example that Jesus sets for us in that in that Good Shepherd and doing it for ourselves, and not just not doing it for ourselves, you know, doing it ourselves, but for the Lord. You know, to find that voice, to recognize that voice, to kind of fine tune what that voice sounds like in our life, because it it may sound a little bit different to you than it does to me, and to, and it, as it does to my wife, as it does to our friends, to you know, every person's gonna li- hear that voice in a unique way to them, because the Lord has a personal relationship with us and knows what's best for each of us individually, and what applies to me doesn't apply to you necessarily. Right? So we should be going crazy you know doing crazy things like these firefighters like these police officers to know to recognize where that voice is in our life where it's leading us and how best to follow that every single day and to bring it back to 9-11 you know we all have such vivid those who are old enough have such vivid memories and i have to say that now it's 21 years so like for example like Izzy, Izzy mm-hmm. won't have the same memory that you and I have. I was in. Uh, Izzy was a year old. I was old. in Latin Not class, a couple, couple years old. In Latin class of my junior year of high school. You took Latin in high school with our school principal as the teacher. Wow! And the the secretary cool. came and knocked after the first tower was hit and said, "Oh, there's something going on." And he continued the lesson, and then she came frantically. Yeah. But by the end of the period, knocking again, say, oh, the second tower's been hit. Did you and make it through the school day, or did they pick you up? W- no, we made it through the school day, but we spent, literally, the, the rest of the day was just glued to a TV. Wow. It was, it was, was it was, uh, it was something. And that's why we never forget it, and we can never forget it. But if you'll indulge me, pray uh, for our first responders, you know, that day always affects them, even though m- many of the, of the firefighters who were in front of me were probably children, very small children, when this happened. I may not have the vivid memories that all of us that are listening to this have. Pray for them. Pray for the mental health, because what they experience on a daily basis uh, is not for the faint of heart. Pray for our military, obviously, uh, who protect us, who defend us, and because they... You know, thankfully, we are currently, I, I believe we're not at war for the first time in 21 years. I don't think we are. We're, we haven't 
got bogged down into the war in Ukraine. But you think about Ukraine and also pray for them, you know, what they're going through. Because that these are things that that mark as a society. We 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 think of, you know, US history right now as what happened before 9-11, what happened after 9-11. More recently we think of what happened before the pandemic, what happened mm-hmm. after the pandemic. These are things that mark generations. So this is something that and, and when I say pray for our firefighters, police officers, first responders, pray for pray for them because that they may be able to process this, whatever it is that they go through on a daily basis, that they may be process, you know, process it in a very healthy way by seeking out therapy, by by seeking out a priest, by seeking out the Lord, because for all of us and whatever it is that we do, whatever our jobs are, whatever vocation we may have, at the end of the day, we need to go in search of that voice, mm-hmm. especially when we are lost. And the first recognition, you mentioned Teresa Lada, the first recognition is, is saying, we are lost. We need to find the shepherd. Because we know where he is. We're not lost that we, we can't find our way back home like that lost sheep. We know the way back home. We know the way back to the shepherd. But we have to recognize that we are lost and find our way back to that voice. Running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's yeah, a no brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just. No, but. Just. No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? What a weekend. It was fun. Ashley, did you have fun yesterday? Weekend. Victory Monday for both of us. And often we can't say that usually either the Canes or the Dolphins break our heart, but to say a double victory on a Monday, sweet, sweet words. Did I have fun? Of course. It was hot. Oh, my gosh. Well, you had you had noon game on Saturday. It wasn't that bad, though. It wasn't that bad? Really? The the three, the was it 3.30? Yeah. Was opener worse? was worse. Interesting. No, we melted yesterday. And at least, at least I, I felt it worse on at the opener than I did on Saturday. Oh, no, we felt it yesterday. So we moved our season tickets this year. Last year, we were section 115 on the visitor side, so 15-yard line, and we baked row 34. So this Oof. year, we moved to section 138, on end side. zone, yeah. dolphin side. And oh, it was night and day, but still the oh, so heat. So we're basically where they come out. On the other side of that. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So we had, uh, we have thoughts. I mean, obviously, most important thing we're one and zero. That's that that cannot be overlooked. Beating the Patriots is never easy. Two is undefeated against the Patriots. That's right. So is Mike McDaniel. <laughs> yeah, so is Mike McDaniel. <laughs> but the- what I noticed, and 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 you didn't see this on the broadcast, uh, how calm he was. Mm. He just was a cool customer. Right when they were singing the national anthem, when, when the kickoff, you know, usually, you know, guys are fidgety. Even if they're veteran coaches, it's still opening day. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Bill Belichick, but you know, he's a warlord, so he's like, <laughs> he's he's like he's over there, been there, done that. He he doesn't care what what day it is. He's in you know, Cincinnati. You know, so number two like, pencil in his ear and yeah, his so, face. Oh. So, but you know, but he, uh, we were we were, I I was with my father and we were looking at this and he was so calm, and it was a very even keel. Didn't get too high. Didn't get too low. Even I, I, I don't remember his reactions to any of the touchdowns 
or if they even showed his reaction mm-hmm. on the day. I had to go back and look because I, you know, uh, you know, because I you, you look at Brian Dable yesterday when they won the game, you know, against Nashville, no, uh, not in overtime at the end of the game, yeah, uh, how his reaction was when Tennessee missed that field goal, Ugh, we'll the rest of the game's terrible le- later, but uh, but it was just he went crazy and 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 was you know, he had a lot of emotion in there, but he was very even keel. Well, let me tell you, starting the game off, the energy. When they introduced the players, was fire. Cool. Right? Of the course, energy offense, I would imagine. The two biggest, the three top players that got the loudest was, of course, Tua, Mike Gesicki, and then Tyreek. See, Mike Gesicki's probably an we anti- We love him, though. Yeah, we, we love An him. anti- Because <laughs> he's not using him as much. But then, Father, the problem, not the problem, but right after that, they got us with the 9-11. Yeah. They did a beautiful little mm. ceremony with that. And then they did the Jason Jenkins. Ah, So okay. you hit 9-11 and then Jason, and then you start the game. So I'm sure- that maybe had to do a little bit with the sound feel of the, you know, no, but, into but, it. But, but it was, yeah. But the thing is, I noticed that face also during preseason. It wasn't, he's it very wasn't. He's still yeah. It's very, not that he's stoic. It's just that he's he's a cool customer. Okay. You know, Take nerds it. are taking over the world. You know, that, and that's good. So here are the, we played well. Cheetah is a cheat code. Tyreek Hill. Oh. He was fast. But he missed. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to dissect him, right? Like, he did <laughs> miss two catches that were catchable, a little mm-hmm. underthrown. But you expect somebody to that caliber to catch those passes. No, I, I, didn't, I don't remember those drops. What I remember was Tua throwing, throwing some passes he shouldn't have thrown. And the biggest, most glaring thing about the game was we still haven't figured out our offensive line. Doesn't mean that we can't fix it. Because I always say... Pay no attention to week one. Yep. <laughs> because I always go back to this. I, I was telling Jorge this story the, last week. 2004, New England travels to Buffalo. Buffalo waxes them 31 to mm. nothing. Everybody's saying, oh, this is, remember, Tom Brady had just come up winning the Super Tour the last three years. Oh, this is it. That's it for, you know, Tom Brady. That's it for the Patriots. Tom Brady is still with us. Started year 23 yesterday. Was it 23? His 23rd season. 23rd season. He was still with us, but that 31 nothing game meant nothing. But it's good to start our season 1 0 because the next three weeks are not going to be easy. I believe right? the first, the two Super Bowl, uh, no, the first, the, the two Super Bowl uh, participants last year lost their first game well, last year. We're going to change it this year. No, I'm just saying, is that <laughs> pay no attention to week one. I'm vibes. saying that we can't. But we can't overlook the offensive line. It it's is a, a problem. problem. Tua cannot, any quarterback, Aaron Rodgers couldn't do anything, even though he's stunk. He yesterday. doesn't have enough time to do anything. Those, you want those big throws, those big throws aren't going to happen and, unless and he has that time. To Belichick's credit, they were ready for the bootlegs. There was always somebody in his face when he bootlegged left or bootlegged right. He should not be bootlegging. He's a left handed quarterback. And it, he was under duress and sometimes made stupid plays that could Looking have been mistakes. fumbles. Yeah, fumbles. Yeah. They could have been uh, picked off. He yeah. threw one down one the field. One that should have been picked off. Yeah. So it, there is people say, people ask, you know, how do you think Tua did yesterday? I'm not overly impressed, but I'm not like hunting him down either. I'm okay. Like there's room. Our defense was amazing. It was up and down though. No, I mean, listen, we, only gave up, a lot we, of passes off. we only gave up seven points. See, but, but they yes, yeah. they gave up chunks of yardage. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Okay, and but it's but week one. It's week one. I'm dissecting everything. That. We need Van, Ginkle. Van Ginkle needs to come back. So Van Ginkle, if you guys know, he had um, appendix surgery, and I've Yeesh. had that surgery, and that's a, that's but a rough one. So did Joe one. Burrow. Yes, and so he is projected to come back week two, and I think once we get Van Ginkle there, I wanted to see more from Jalen Phillips yesterday. Wilkins 
you know, that's another one. But Xavier Howard got called with that. That was awful. That was terrible. That it was, was awful. That's called clean defense. That was, it, I mean, the, on when we went to respond to that touchdown, we were driving down, we got a field goal. Yeah. We were driving down because we didn't have a sustained, like, long drive for a touchdown yesterday. Touchdowns came on the the strip and score and then came on the on the fourth down. We'll talk about the fourth oh, down in a second. Play. But that <laughs> on the fourth down that or on the third down before we hit the field goal, Cheetah had someone all over him. And they didn't call everybody. it. But that let's go to that fourth down decision. Thirty seconds left before halftime. Yes. We're up seven Nothing. Seven no, up? Or, or, no, ten. Or was it seven? It was, it was, I think it was ten. It was nothing. ten. We got the field goal. Then ten we no, it was up ten nothing. nothing. Yeah. And we're at the, was it the 35 or the 40 yard? I think we were at the 40 yard line. Uh, somewhere, somewhere there. Somewhere around the there. The it was, it was, yeah, it was, it. it was deep enough to say, you know, if we don't make this and it's a long yardage situation, it's not fourth and one, yeah. you know, they get this, Mac Jones hits two passes, they're in field goal range and it's a 10-3 ball game going into halftime and that's a different mindset for yes. the Patriots and different mindset for us. But my, and I said, they went to commercial. I said to my father, they should go for this. They should. And they did. Because that's Mike McDaniel for Mike you. Mike McDaniel said, and, but, and I, and he was a great play, caught Waddle in stride. Waddle yeah. took it to the house. Now, towards the end of the game, the game was already over. And he was still pushing yeah. it down the field where a game like that can be. Could turn into a miracle in Miami type situation for them. For them, yes. if you make a touchdown, I mean, if you hit, you know, we should have been running the ball and two was still slinging downfield. Maybe yeah. they wanted to score a touchdown, another touchdown, hanging on the one, Belichick, which I love. Yeah. I called thirty to ten, and it was twenty to three. Was I told you last week thirty to ten? We could have, we should have, we could have. But you, so Chase Edmonds had a great game, right? Great game. Gasicki is... He needs more holes to run, though. And this is one thing about Gasicki. Gasicki is one of my favorite players, obviously, got, got from Jersey. Because this year, his role is going to be different. He's going to get half the catches and runs that he did last year because he's going to be used as a blocker this year. And he understands his role in the team. That, you know, Tua has all these other weapons now, like a Waddle, like a Tyreek, like a Chase Edmonds, that Gasicki's not going to be one of his top, top, top targets anymore. So that's going to be interesting to see how Gasicki adapts to his new role as more of a blocker as a tight end, as opposed to getting more touches, which he's okay with. Now, how was the how was how were the New England faithful in in the crowd? So that, that's <laughs> one thing, right? I try to find common ground with everybody oh. I meet, no matter whoever it is. <laughs> so these people usually, these and people. in general, they're not the nicest fans. They're not the worst, but they're not Baltimore, the nicest. Baltimore's worst. I can tell you a few things I've noticed. Well, we'll talk about that because uh, that's going to be crazy. All these New England fans, we had a great, great group of New England fans in regards to numbers. They all showed up. No one had any New Jerseys. It was all Brady yeah. and Gronkowski. So nice. I'm like, you guys are living years ago. So Hello, Canes fans, Hurricane, I mean, Dolphin fans. We, we have, how many Marino jerseys were in the stands? Yeah, Marino, but no, they're wearing the Tua jerseys. They're wearing the Waddle jerseys. They're wearing the Tyreek jerseys. Tyreek jerseys yeah. I didn't, I, maybe I saw five New England jerseys that were like current. Mm. So that was but one after thing Mac I noticed. Jones, who else, who, who else would you wear? Exactly. So that's you interesting know. that you always, you know, it was just that. Second, after the game, a lot of them left early. So Aww. it's always like the, right? Yeah. And then this one guy, we leave the parking lot. That was apparently caught on fire. Yep. And that was 10 rows from our car. So that's no a whole other Yeah. We parked in the yellow lot. Someone left their grill and grill. So crazy. Yeah. So this one guy is just like standing there and 
full New England. And me being Mother Teresa, I said, I said, I said, are you okay? He goes, yeah, I'm just a little sad about the win. I said, well, are you a, about the, the Dolphins win? And I said, well, are you a Red Sox fan? He goes, yeah. I said, well, me too. And I said, so I, I connected with him on a level to try to, and I said, it's been a terrible year. We need to rebuild. Things went no, down we after get rookie a, beds. No, no, no. So too nice. Too nice. Too I just, nice. you know, but, uh, but if someone was to say anything nasty to me, anything mean, I would say, well, name five players on your team. And I bet you they couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, so yeah, it was good, and obviously we play Baltimore this week. Um, she's go. You're going. I am. We're leaving yep. Thursday, so the Marlins play the Nationals. So we're going to see the arguably the two worst baseball teams play. <laughs> um, still, it's an away game, <laughs> and then we're going to. Um, There's uh, another sound clip for our for our new bumper music. Yeah. Yeah, and Sandy's <laughs> not even pitching, so it's even like ah. And then the game on Sunday, uh, Ravens. Dolphins, and the thing is, remember last year we beat them Thursday night football. We lit Lamar Jackson, and they'll they'll be waiting for us. Yeah. They'll be waiting for us, and and they, they yeah. played the Jets yesterday. The Jets have very good defense, so they came to Bay really quickly to just go around the NFL. Yeah. Uh, NFL red zone was nuts yesterday. You I were at wish the game. I, saw it. Oh, I mean, it cool. was just absolutely nuts. The witching hour was nuts. There were mm-hmm. two games to one. The AFC South is the Steelers, worst. This, there's a the lot Steelers Cincinnati game was. Bonkers, missed field goals left and right. Cincinnati oh, scored the touchdown. Was, scored the t- reason was. we're going on in the league is we have the pick'em, and I have it in front I'm of me. I'm beating both of you. Yes, Let's you are. That. Well, that's not that's not saying much because we we stunk <laughs> it up this week. I am. I I don't know why this thing lists me at the as the very last person because you know I don't know. I, but you and I have the same exact it's not record. Alphabetical. We're, we're, I can't figure out why. You we're know. all we're 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 at five hundred. We're seven and seven. Uh, Nick uh, Nick Pertu, Andrew, Andrew and and. Uh, Ivan C- and I, Ivan, yeah, Ivan, yeah, Ivan Martinez. Okay, and and CJ are tied for first, and I mean I'm not going to change it, but I have I have Denver tonight. I'm sure you, the two of you do too. Of also, do you? I don't know. Oh come on, Jorge. I'm not going to go change it if you. You, we you know can, who their quarterback we is, can, right? You know who they're can, going against. We can change it up until kickoff. There is absolutely no way you and I could re- get to number one. And first of all, it's, again, it's week one, but uh. But you, you, he was so proud that his fa- he, that Falcons pick, that upset pick, he was also proud of it. I was the only it. one that had Atlanta. Yeah, I was. Yeah, only, I'm sure. But here's the thing: Saints came back and won that game. In I the had, last second, I had a crazy pick too. I had the Lions beating the Eagles at home, and the and the and the Lions almost came back and beat them. No, I had the Eagles. I don't think you give Jalen Hurts enough credit. I don't. I, I yeah. You know, prove it. So, but that's week one. That's week one. The last in the last one, I'm sure. I'm sure they. I haven't turned on ESPN this morning, but I'm sure that's all they're talking about because it was the worst game of the day. Well, Atle- actually, it was Indy and Houston, but the Sunday night game was a stinker. I, I mean, it was it was just a not boring, boring game. But Dak got you know injured, so because it's a Cowboys, everybody's talking about of it. Of course, but he's out for six to eight weeks. That's that's they're a probably going to want. And their, they want Teddy. their line looked bad. And I mm-hmm. posed this question to Ashley in my office this morning because somebody mentioned on Twitter yesterday, if you had to choose between Dak and Tua, who would you choose? We're choosing Tua. There you go. The Cowboys might, you know, they might want Teddy Bridgewater from us. And then um, us have Skyler more. Throw us some draft picks. That's right. That would be interesting. Uh, first that rounder. Start from there. I'm I'm greedy. No, I am greedy. So let's talk Canes. You yeah, were there? I was there. Um I mean, it's good to get your stinker out of the way against a against a manageable team, because it that first Sun half Belt, was ugly. Because Sunbelt Sun team up. came into into Hard Rock, gave us trouble. Uh, and then when we played this week, was not as lucky. Uh, 
Notre Nebraska Dame. was not as lucky. Yeah. Notre Dame was not as lucky. Oh. So that Notre oh. Dame coach, he's uh, so many high hopes with him, and he's just not the new oh, one. Oh, three. He not was good. He was some. Man, I I call this a Manny Diaz hire. It was oh, oh everybody rallied around him. Yeah. That has only worked once in the history of college football. Where everybody rallies a one-one guy, and that was Larry Coker, mm. and that didn't last long after that. And, you know. You and I could have coached that team, and they would have went. No, I'm giving no. No, I think we would. I know people on that staff. He was a very good coach. To manage all those personalities, yeah, in that locker room, only Larry Coker could have done that. But it, you can't do like these emotional hirings, even though everybody wants him, and and the fan base wanted him. But and we did too when we wanted when Manny Mm -hmm. was hired. But you do you have to do your due diligence. You do have to. Maybe he would have been hired anyways, but. It just goes to show you how we, we talked about it last week. Preseason rankings just shouldn't be done until maybe ranking. week four. Week four. Yeah, you know, Texas A and M has a six. But, but they, I mean, they do it for the TV ratings because no, because it's nice to have they, a little, they have a little to, num, a little four they, they on there. To. And they have, they have to. But it's totally meaningless. And it is. I'm just glad to see that the voters aren't afraid to vote appropriately. Because I was half expecting Notre Dame to still be ranked, but there are still twenty oh, wow. in the in the low twenties. There were there are still twenty eight people, which is out absurd, there that voted Notre Dame into their top twenty five. But I was genuinely and surprised the other to see them votes. to the, see them fall out of the top twenty five. But App State, Marshall, and Georgia Southern went in on what the road. A each got around a million and a half dollars to go where they're going, and walked out with a win. It was a crazy college football day. Uh, the the Alabama Texas game was bonkers. That got close. Yeah, Alabama was. Knocked down one spot in the AP poll because they almost and should have lost. I mean, their penalties are awful. There was so much. And, and But just great, uh, great football weekend. Having red zone on, I go, how did, how did I live without red zone? <laughs> so the Canes, you guys play, let's talk about this. You play Texas A&M, A&M. Mm-hmm. right? They were ranked six. Aggies, uh, Richmond we- Webb. Great Dolphin, great, huge Aggies fan. He's talking a lot on That's, Twitter oh, about fine. the Canes, you know, coming. He so shouldn't I, be talking this week after no. losing I know. the App State. Come on. So how no. do you feel about it? It's an 8 o'clock game. 9 o'clock, Nine o'clock, Nine o'clock, o'clock game. Please don't remind me. Nine I'm o'clock next game morning. in Texas. How are you guys feeling about that? I thought that when we got off to that slow start, I go, we're going to be double-digit dogs in that game. We're only five-point dogs in that game wow. on the road. Uh, in College Station, 100,000 people there in Kyle Field. That's going to be crazy, yep. yeah. but I think it's doable. Absolutely. I'm not intimidated. No, I'm not. There are some certain things. Defense is what worries me the most. Yeah, our linebacker play has been subpar. Now they they hunkered down in the second half. God oh, that, bless them. That's that's the biggest takeaway. You know, we we got off to a slow start, yeah. but it's good to have a staff who's not afraid to go in at halftime and make the adjustments. That right, were needed. and in college they, they came out second half and locked it down. And in college, you can make it because you have more time. In the NFL, and Eli and Peyton Manning during one of their Manning casts last year mentioned this, and I've been part of this. There's only 12 minutes in an NFL halftime. There's absolutely it's nothing you can do during halftime. Nothing. Yeah. You literally drink, coaches drink run a in. Of water. Remember the coaches <laughs> come in the press box, they run down, yeah. and they run back up to the press box. They maybe did two points. Tackle better, do this. Maybe throw up a couple of plays. Yeah. That's it. At college, you could. Do more. It's it's you doing it during. You have to do it during in game. Yeah. The Dolphins yesterday, the defense adjusted a little more to what Patriots are doing because the Patriots were driving on that first drive. We forget that X did an incredible job tipping that ball in the air and into Holland's hands. Oh, it's so beautiful. So 
Oh. College and, and NFL and, by the way, college kickers and NFL kickers, there was no difference during this weekend. Oh. Everybody was missing kicks. Left Except right. Sanders. Sanders was perfect. Sanders was good. And I man. think uh, he, I mean, the best kicker in my have I've ever seen was Adam Vinatieri, right? I have a little respect for New England, Adam Vinatieri. But Sanders might be the new Adam Vinatieri in regards no. to when he, when, he, when he get I'm excited. Sorry, 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 sorry. Ashley, I need to stop you right there. I'm excited. I need to stop you right there. When Sanders <laughs> makes the deciding kick in then a Super Bowl, not once, but twice, okay, fine. okay, and makes a kick in the snow <laughs> two weeks before the Super Bowl to send this team into the championship game, yeah. then you can start comparing so Jason Sanders you, and Adam Vinatieri. For the first time ever, Ashley. two weeks ago, we watched, Lou and I watched Ace Ventura. I've never, well, he's Whoa. seen it. I've never <laughs> seen Ace Ventura in my life, right? It just, it came out when I was, you know, if I was even born. Laces out. So every time I see like a, a bad kick, I think of a Finkel now. <laughs> Laces Man, out, there were Dan. Some bad kicks. So can we at least say Sanders is better than Finkel? Oh, no. Well, obviously. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, and Ray Finkel was, but, you know. Oh, that's so funny. But now, before we wrap up here, and you saw this on the telecast mm-hmm. with UM. And and it's again a, a breath of fresh air. Is is players actually being coached up on the sideline? Oh yes, Ooh. because there were some lame duck throws that should have easily been at least two that I can think off the top of my head that should have easily Al been Blades should picked have, off. It, Al Blades was just playing center field, just, waiting for the ball to drop it. for him, and instead of attacking the ball, and he they lit into him after that play. Uh, last week, when uh, the 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 player that two things last week the player that spiked the ball yeah, after the, the interception, interception yep. lit up by by coach, and then this week the uh, that negated it. I mean, wasn't necessary, but negated a touchdown in the fourth quarter because one of our blockers continued to block the guy into the sidelines. When you hit the white, you stop, and not only did he, and then he threw him down when he got there. Mm. It's Southern Michigan. If it's Michael, FSU, Michael I let it go. <laughs> If it's FSU, <laughs> let it, you know, yeah, okay, it's FSU, it's oh. Florida, absolutely. But it's not a rival. It was Southern Miss, and they played a good game. God bless them. But we beat them. So, George, you still want to talk? Any, anything on baseball? You're no, good? No. Okay, the Yankees no, had a good weekend. The, the Mets gave up the division for a Briefly, day and, and then but, got but you, it right but back. But they did technically Mets. They, they, they are Metsing Metsing. It. Yeah, it's, Phillies it's, comes to town. We have Sandy uh, tomorrow. See, I'm I'm right behind Jorge, right in front, of, right behind Jorge in front of me. Oh, he he's tearing George, the flag down, my friend. Folks, you can't see this, but he just tore the Marlins flag down and just threw it on the floor. On the floor. Okay, because I was I was about to say. Have some respect for Sandy. What I was about to say is no man. He's is bad. this? I'm looking at that Marlins flag, that Marlins no, logo, not, and no, all I could not. think of is apathy. Yes. That's Ugh. a beautiful and that's word. A wor- that's the yes. worst thing a franchise could have. And now Miggy Rowe is upset with fans. Miggy Rowe is blocking people left and right because people are. Crit- I got, like. I'm done. He I'm going to see if he blocks me. <laughs> wow. I no, uh, no. I, I told Jorge last I, I told Jorge last night. No, <laughs> I know it wasn't my Jorge. I told my father yesterday. <laughs> Probably, yeah. The Marlins play a doubleheader against the Mets today. What do the Marlins have to offer us to us to be able to take in those two games without, you know, mind you, we're, we're on a Catholic podcast. What do they have to offer you to be able to go? Now, mind you, I've already been in a box. No. Make it didn't block me. <laughs> no. Dude, no. No. You, I mean, no. it's like season tickets for next year, no. maybe. We no. renewed, but that's more just to see the World Baseball Classic. I mean, 
as nothing. much as nothing. I mean, nothing. there's nothing that can get you into that state to watch I, two baseball games today. I can't tell you the last time I saw a pitch. Wow. There was a, a one of the Mets. Let alone an inning, let alone a game. One of the Mets mm-hmm. beat reporters t- tweeted out, you know, with the Dolphins playing today, this is around 130 tweeted out, with the Dolphins playing today, he'd say over the weekend it's been 75% Mets fans in the stadium. Today it's, it said probably 98%. Oh, everyone, was on, everyone was at the Hard Rock. Or because, it. no, if they weren't at the Hard Rock, my father came to watch a game with me. He noticed immediately there was absolutely no one on the golf course, and there's always someone it's huge on game. the golf We're course. We're excited. People you are know. drinking the Dolphins Kool-Aid. So, We're excited. It's, no. So there you go. Uh, but there is a flag on the floor, and I'm not picking it up. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm, I mean, the you know, person I who threw it down on the floor I might. I'm gonna go see picked it up, but it's, it, it, it's sad. I might bring it to Washington with us. That, Maybe I will. No, Maybe no, I'll no, put it around no, my back. No, no. <laughs> it's like a Superman thing. I'll be <laughs> on TV. I'll be on Valley Sports. Leave it here because George won't bring it back. But Ugh. he'll be there on opening day next year. I will. He, of Please. course he will. Yeah, it's, yeah. Our, it's our local baseball team. You know, but I keep telling you, come to the dark side. No, 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 no. If you only understood the power of the dark side. Never hang. Red socks. (laughs) I need need, need to brainwash your children. That's what I need to do. Yeah. Daddy, Yankees, Daddy, Red Sox. Which means MJ will be a Red Sox just to just to just to nag you. I got plenty of stuff. You also know you too. (laughs) All right, so that's our that's our podcast for today. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's iffy. Maybe I maybe I do. Maybe I won't go to my first Inter Miami game this weekend. I have to say, Alcaraz, the new uh, the new U.S. Open champ, what a what a performance uh, this weekend. We talked tennis last week, and he was just he had this great game with Tiafo on on uh, this match with Tiafo on um, on Friday in the semifinals was just out of this world. But new Spanish, nineteen years old, wow! And here's the most remarkable: the kid does not sweat. No, <laughs> I, I wish how I does had that, that happen? He doesn't sweat, but great, great. Uh, uh, I know Carly watched the Grand Prix yesterday. I Think for Stappen one, but um, he'll correct me if, if I'm wrong later on today. But listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd, my friends. Listen to his voice. Seek him out because we have to recognize we are lost and we need to be found. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Put the flag up, please. Okay. Go Dolphins. <laughs>